yeah, so thrilled that you guys can gather together. If if you were here with us last week, um, welcome back. Uh, the idea being that I know a lot of our business connects uh, have the opportunity to meet in person or meet in different formats uh, around the around the country, and uh, know everyone's doing doing things uh, slightly different. Some some people are doing things uh, quite unique. In fact, I've only recently taken on the reins of uh, the Business Connect groups in Sydney and really excited to, well, I basically <laughs> transitioned, uh, Stephen Crouch transitioned them across to me and then uh, then we all got hit with COVID. So <laughs> it's been, uh, been a lot of fun, but we thought we would um, at least give people an opportunity to connect like this. And I think one of the wonders of, of technology is we're able to still be socially connected um, hence, hence the name, even social media. Um, I know I've got some particular friends and people in my world that would, wouldn't necessarily consider themselves social media users until uh, until the month of March 2020, but now <laughs> I've sort of been forced into into that. So, um, but I think it, I think it's incredible that we can connect, and uh, I know a lot of us, judging by some of the people I can see, the majority look like they're. Uh, in their homes, possibly home offices as well. Um, got a couple of people in the car, so stay safe, guys. Um, but look, we, we are also recording these sessions. So I hope that's so okay with everyone. Um, if we do that, we did put last week's on YouTube. Um, Andrew shared what I thought was an incredible message and uh, got lots of really great feedback, really spoke faith into people in this time. And I guess one of the ideas of gathering like this is just to make sure that uh, business people, whether you run a business or you're involved in business, work in the marketplace. Um, no doubt, most of us have probably been affected by what's going on. And um, we just want to make sure that no one's doing this alone, that we're, we're at least creating a touch point for people. It's not the only touch point. We have a lot of great touch points through the life of our church and a lot of ways to engage. But we just wanted to create another touch point for business people, um, not trying to take away from anything that's happening locally on the ground anywhere. Um, we don't even know how long, you know, we'll just take this week by week when <laughs> things just seem to be changing so, so rapidly here. But I'm um, absolutely thrilled to have uh, Kent, uh, Kent Medwin uh, speaking with us this morning. He's going to share with us for about 20 minutes or so. And then I've suggested, similar to last week, that, uh, that let's fire some questions to Kent. I've got a couple up my sleeve that I want to hit him with. Um, Kent's, uh, Kent's a businessman. Andrew Denton's always always uh, very keen to remind Kent that he's a businessman, um, but Kent's also pastor. If you didn't know of everything that we're doing in Tasmania, Hobart, um, and Kent and his wife Rose, who's also in here, it's been nice to see the Medwin clan um, uh, join us this morning, including uh, Jared, who's an awesome guy, Kent's brother and others. I think I saw a couple of other Medwin names pop up, which is really cool. What I'm going to do, obviously, you know, we'll introduce Kent, but Kent, if it's okay with you, I want to quick fire some questions at you, just so people can maybe get a little bit of a glimpse. There might be some random questions, but just before we get started, we've got about 10 questions or so. I'm going to do some quick fire questions, and then I'm going to basically give you the floor. All right, fire away. All right, mate. Don't need to think too much about these. Just first answer that comes to mind. Um, well, the first one's uh, a bit a bit introductory, but I thought, could you just tell us the nature of your business? 
So uh, residential property uh, advice and management. So we help clients um, secure their uh, next investment property and then we look after it once they've acquired it. Maintenance, renovations, um, that kind of piece, where we wrap around it. So it's holistic one-stop shop for residential property investing. Very cool. Um, what's your favorite thing about Tasmania? Uh, the people. <laughs> what is the one best book? book? What's that, sorry? With one head, by the way, in case anyone wants. <laughs> well, there's only a few of them down in Tassie, isn't there? No, I'll, I won't do the Tassie jokes, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to encroach into Pastor Brian's territory. I feel like he's got exclusive rights to all the Tassie sledges. It would appear that um, way. Um, what's the best book you've read in the last 12 months? Uh, good to great, just keep reading it. <laughs> great book of all time. Great book. Aside from the Bible, of course. <laughs> um, what do you do to relax? Uh, more recently, golf. <laughs> I'm a new golfer and I'm actually loving it. But uh, before that, water skiing is my happy place. Yeah. That's great. I'm actually a new golfer as well. So, <laughs> oh, great. Um, okay. What do you do for personal development? Uh, Pastor Brian, <laughs> seriously, I, we, you actually don't have to go wider than that. We are blessed to be part of this church. And uh, whether it's staff meeting, weekends, uh, mega prayer nights, um, yeah, I, 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 you couldn't be in a healthier church in my opinion. We're not perfect. We're not the perfect church. Anyone that's been around long enough knows that, but we're healthy. And uh, that's what I love about our church and our leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Funnily enough, if I can just add a comment, I was speaking to a performance coach uh, two days ago. And, you know, she's well studied, you know, got, got the degrees, got, got all, the, all the qualifications around this stuff. And she said to me, you know what, Dan, probably the most I've learned about what I do is from Pastor Brian. And she teaches performance, you know, performance corporately and everything. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, mate, do you have any podcast recommendations for us? Uh, no, I actually don't. I'm not a big podcaster. Um, okay. I, uh, I, I, um, I live six minutes from my office. So my drive time is not, uh, not huge. I think if I had to drive longer, podcasts would be a thing for me, but um, not, not a podcaster. Okay, good to know, good to know. If Kent's missing out on anything, uh, any podcasts that you would recommend Kent should listen to, put them in the chat. Let me know. <laughs> I, I, they're gonna be less than six minutes or I'll listen to them six minutes at a time. That's right, that's right. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you one that is really good is Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast, it's, which is only 20 to 30 minutes and he drops them once a month, really good listen. Um, and, and of course, Pastor Brian's podcast. <laughs> um, and how many, could you just give, us, uh, just give us a summary of your family makeup? Yep, so one wife, which is a good thing, and three kids. So uh, two, uh, two sons, 17 and 14, and a daughter who's 11. A um, little bit unique, our family, I guess. We have two vanilla children and one chocolate. Um, and so we have two boys, biological, and one, our daughter, DJ, um, who we adopted um, to, eight years ago now. Eight years ago, um, just had just gone. Yeah. Very cool. And, mate, you're obviously in, in a prime fighting condition. What do you do to stay fit? <laughs> Personal trainer. Uh, yeah. Um, would you be up for sharing one 2020 goal of yours? Uh, well, after the last two weeks, those goals have changed. <laughs> At the moment, my goal is to come through the other side of this season as long as it is 
with the same number of staff or more paying them the same wage that I'm currently paying them. And if I can achieve that, I reckon that's a great outcome. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to support the families that have supported us and I want to, uh, I want to ride this season out. Um, that's actually one of my strongest business goals right now is that, yep, we're going to feel this and um, we are feeling it. Um, but uh, I want to try and get my staff through it. And um, there's no guarantees in that, but that's a goal I have and we'll see how we go. Awesome, Kent. Love it. Well, mate, I think that's a perfect segue into uh, welcoming you as you share with us this morning. So over to you, mate. Very much looking forward to what uh, you have to say. Thanks, Dan. It is, and it is a privilege to be able to share with you guys this morning. I know your time's valuable and uh, to invest it in this way, um, I, I thank you for it and I hope that this morning is going to be a help to you. Um, it is great to be gathered together and I love we can do this um, in 2020. Technology allows us to be able to and um, I don't take that for granted. I think it's uh, opportunities like this we should lean into in this season. Um, you've all been on our hearts uh, and in our prayers in these days. These are not normal days. Um, these are un uncertain and um, uncertain times that we're walking through. Um, there wouldn't be a business represented on this uh, chat and those that might watch this later that haven't been affected by the season that we're in, um, either um, significantly um, in the last two weeks or will be impacted in the next as long as this thing runs. Um, and, and But in, the, in all of the uncertainty, um, what I know is that we can be certain is that God is in control. He is as much in control today as he was yesterday. And as people of faith, we know that he will be in control tomorrow. And uh, we need to be uh, constantly reminding ourselves of the God that we serve, who he is um, and how, how he has um, cared for his people for um, thousands and thousands of years that we've been able to learn from, from the Bible and in our own experience on life we can be confident that God is in control and he will lead us through. And so uh, I want to open the scriptures this morning and uh, allow the, the truth of the word to light our path as God promises that it will. And we're going to read from the Gospel of John, chapter 21. We're going to start from verse 1. Uh, in my Bible, it's headed, Jesus appears at Lake Galilee. It says that later Jesus appeared once again to a group of his disciples by Lake Galilee. Um, just some background of this story, uh, Jesus had, had given his life for us. He had uh, laid that down on the cross. He'd been resurrected um, and he'd already appeared to his followers a couple of times. This is now the third time that he has appeared to his disciples post-resurrection. And so it's here we pick up the story. It happened one day while Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, Jacob, John and two other disciples were all together. Peter told them, I'm going fishing. <laughs> and they all replied, we'll go with you. And that maybe just to pause there for a moment in the story too. Some background to this. Um, uh, six of the 12 disciples we know were fishermen before Jesus called them. Uh, so that was their profession. Um, and so what Peter was actually saying here uh, is not I'm going fishing, i.e. it's time for some recreation like we would play golf. Or maybe there's some fishermen out there that, you know, don't mind a, a tinny in a tinny and a line over the side or whatever uh, your Saturday might look like. That's not what Peter's saying here. He's not going fishing to take a break. He's going back to work. He's going uh, back to business. And so that's, that's what Peter's actually saying. I'm going back to work. They replied, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and fished through the night, worked hard, but caught nothing. But caught nothing. Their yield for the day was nothing. There were no orders. There were no widgets sold. There were no tours run. There was no rent collected. Uh, nothing happened. They went, they toiled, they worked, but nothing. Then at dawn, Jesus was standing there on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize that it was him. He called out to them saying, hey guys, did you catch any fish? Not a thing, they replied. Jesus um, shouted to them, throw your net over the starboard side and you'll catch some. 
And so they did as he said, and they caught so many fish, they couldn't even pull in the net. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Peter heard him say that, he quickly wrapped his outer garment around him. And because he was athletic, maybe a bit like Rob Harder, very athletic, he drove right into the lake. So he, he dove right into the lake to go to Jesus. So I lost my spot there thinking about Rob. The, the other disciples then brought the boat to shore, dragging their catch of fish. They weren't far from land, only about 100 metres. And when they got to shore, they noticed a charcoal fire with some roasted fish and bread. Then Jesus said, bring some of the fish that you just caught. So Peter waded into the water, helped them pull the net to shore. It was full of many large fish, exactly 153. But even with so many fish, the net was not torn. Come, let's have some breakfast, Jesus said. And not one of his disciples needed to ask it who it was because every one of them knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus came, uh, came close to them and served them the bread and the fish. Sounds like our Jesus, doesn't it? This was the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. I think um, there's a lot we can learn from this passage of scripture, but I want to start by just zooming back from the story a bit. There are actually two big catches of fish in the Bible. One in Luke chapter 5, when uh, God got the attention of, uh, of the disciples, six of them at least, these fishermen, by giving them a big business win. Um, this is not a small day to bring in a, a, a yield of fish like this. And so God blessed their business and got their attention in Luke 5. And then again in John 21, as we've just read, Jesus, having uh, um, uh, just turned up on the shore of, of, of the Sea of Galilee, gave them another business boost to get their attention yet again. And God's reminding them, like he's reminding us, I believe, in these days, that God is in control of the supply, that God is able to put his hand on our efforts, on our business, on our work, on our toil, on our labor, and bring increase like we never could, like we would never be able to. You know, 2,000 years ago, approximately when this story was written, the disciples were in very uncertain times. Their world had just been turned on its head. This Jesus, their Messiah, their Lord, that they had done life day and night with for three years, uh, had just given his life and in, 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 in their human minds had died. He'd gone. He'd left them. Um, they were still getting their head around what it meant that uh, he hadn't yet sent the Holy Spirit. There was not this sense of intimacy with Jesus. There was a sense of loss. They, they were in uncertain times. Their world was upside down and they were forced to go back to work. Um, and 2,000 years later, in, in, a, in, a, in a different but in some ways similar sense of uncertainty, we wake up going, I don't know what today looks like. I don't know what decision may be made that is out of my control. I don't know what uh, regulation I'm going to have to comply with and the impact it may have on my business and the people that, that call it home and that I love. Um, I don't know how that plays out. There is uncertainty. But what we know is that the nature of God does not change. And so the God of 2,000 years ago is the God of today. The Bible tells us clearly he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God's character doesn't change. And what we know our God to be is Jehovah Jireh. That's not just a name of his. It's who he is. He is the Lord who provides. It's who he is. He provided for the, the disciples back in this story we're reading now. And I want to declare over your life this morning that God will provide. That's who he is. He doesn't just provide um, uh, when all the, the, the planets line up or when the circumstances are perfect. He's a provider. He will provide for you. Um, the way that he sees fit. And I want to encourage you, rest in that, that he is Jehovah Jireh, our God who provides. 
So in this uh, time I've got left to share this morning, I want to just uh, talk through six things that I think we can learn from this story, practical things that can help. And I know some of you are driving and unable to take notes. And I want to encourage you, if you can't take notes, I even saw someone in the gym before, which I think is awesome. Do another rep for me. Um, and, uh, but if you can't take notes in, at the moment, uh, I'd encourage you to watch it back on YouTube later, write these down, because I don't just want these to be a, a thought for the day. I, I actually think this could actually be a help for you in this season um, and actually a help in these days. So um, six quick things I want to talk about. The first one is this. The lesson we can learn from this passage is that Jesus specializes in making something out of nothing. That's his business. It's what he does. In verse three, it said they went out and fished through the night, but caught nothing. I mean, how discouraging is it that when, when you toil and toil and no result, you put all the effort into the tender, but don't win. You, 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 the, when, when the yield is nothing, it, it, it's, it's a disappointment. And yet it's in that place that we can find God like we've never found him before. It's when we come to the end of ourself that we often find the beginning of God. In 2 Corinthians 12, 10, it says, when we are weak, then he is strong. And therefore, we become strong. So our strength and our ability to, to sustain ourselves and those that we're, we're serving in this season actually is in our weakness. It's not in our strength. So we've got to trust God to be our strength in these days. He can do something with our nothing. We might see nothing, but I can promise you, God always sees something. He sees what is in our hand. And if you've been around our church for any number of years, you've probably heard Pastor Brian's message on what's in your hand. One of his, it's such a well-known message that he's preached. And um, if you haven't heard it, um, you know, chase it down and listen to it. Amazing, encouraging message. But there is always something that God will use. In this case, for the disciples, it was the net that they were holding. For Moses, it was the staff um, that he hit the rock with. Uh, God will use whatever is in our hand. We don't, we're not lacking when God turns up. We've got everything that we need him and whatever's in our hand. I know for my own personal business journey um, that, uh, that like, like most businesses, and I'm, I'm aware there's people that would be listening this morning that have just recently started a business and now confronted this season. There are others that started their business in a different season but are now enduring this season. Maybe your business looks different than it did a month ago. Maybe it's about to look different. Um, and I commend all of you that have made courageous decisions over these weeks to, to, to do what needs to be done in seasons like this to, uh, to, 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 to shore things. And um, I, I commend you for it. Um, keep making decisions in wisdom, in obedience, and God will lead you um, in those decisions when the time is right. But regardless of in what season your business started, all businesses started small. They started with nothing. They started embryonic. Um, in order to be able to give advice on how to invest in property, we had to start investing ourselves. And we, we built a, a reasonably large portfolio of property, but it started with one property, which started with one um, deposit, which started with $1 saved. It's the humblest of beginnings. And so we use what was in our hand, one humble, measly deposit on the, the cheapest investment property we ever bought was the first one we ever bought. Um, and it was humble beginnings. But by the grace of God, he's, been, he's now sustained us for 18 years being self-employed. Um, it now positions us to be able to serve church the way that we currently do without drawing a wage. And, and that's, that's a blessing. Um, but it hasn't always been up and to the right. I can promise you there's been seasons where it hasn't looked that way. Um, but I do know this, that God leads us through seasons. And that he's the God of the seasons. And I'm not saying for a second that he's created this season, but I, but I am saying he will lead us through it because that's the God we serve in Jesus' name. The second point is this. 
Second thing we can learn from this passage is that his mercies are new every morning. Lamentations 3.22, you know it well. His mercies are new every morning. Not most mornings, but every morning. And I love in this passage of scripture that at dawn, it says, Jesus was standing on the, lake, on the side of the Sea of Galilee looking at his disciples at dawn. And I want to encourage you this morning that at dawn today, as the sun rose just an hour or so ago, Jesus was standing on the banks of your life looking at what you're facing today. And he's not surprised by it. He's not wondering how it's going to unfold. He's just going to lead you through it. And his mercies for today are enough for you today. Even if you've got to make some of the toughest decisions you've ever made in business today, God has mercies for you to walk that out today. So be encouraged. Tomorrow, as the sun comes up again, his mercies for tomorrow will be enough. And we can rest in that. Like in the Old Testament, when he provided manna from heaven daily for the children of Israel while they were in the, the, the desert and the wilderness, God will sustain you every day with fresh manna, fresh mercy. It's what he does. And so I want to encourage you in this season, look up each morning, keep your eyes on him, gather around groups like this, be encouraged by it, lean on one another, don't disconnect. I, I hate the term social distancing, physical distancing, yes, but let's get closer socially. Let's actually use platforms like this to stay connected. Look up every day, be a part of this, be a part of weekend services. Oh my goodness, how encouraging are our weekend services? Don't stop gathering because we can't gather in the buildings. Get online, find a service that works for you, point others to it. So many of us are thermostats in our world. We set the temperature and we, we encourage others to play their part. And I want to encourage you, keep doing that. It's not a season to pull back. It's a season to push into what God is doing and, the, and when his people gather. Because in those moments, we will find his mercies for us. Those pearls that our pastor drops so often that bring strength and courage into our life from the truth of the word of God. So don't pull back in these days. Number three, Jesus speaks to help us see what we need. This one is uh, something I've just known to be true in my, in my own life. I love the verse five. He asks this question. This is all-knowing God. He goes, hey, guys, did you catch any fish? <laughs> Not a thing, they replied. Rhetorical question. I'm pretty sure the God who spoke the earth into being knew exactly how many fish they caught. They didn't catch a stitch, and he knew that. And yet he asked them, did you catch any fish? Because he actually has the kindest way of using the word of God, his words, his questions of us, to help us see what really matters, to help us see what actually we should be asking for. Because it's really easy in a season like this with so much noise to be asking about the wrong things. The disciples could have been asking the, the question, how am I going to tell my wife I didn't catch any fish? How am I going to tell my kids they can't eat dinner tonight? How am I going to uh, sustain even my own body? I'm so tired and weary. There's a reason they went back to work. I reckon they needed to. Um, they were the questions they could have been asking. And yet God had this gracious way of taking them back to the root issue, saying, did you catch any fish? Because I can fix that. And it helps you ask the right question. So keep reading the word of God and allow his questions of you to help you keep the main thing the main thing and ask God for what you need because that's where he works. He doesn't necessarily work in the breadth of it all. He uses everything, but he answers in the moment. And so know what you're asking for. Number four, uh, Jesus is a way maker. I'm loving that song right now. Actually, if you're not listening to it, get it on repeat. It's a great song. But he has a way of making paths. Verse six, it says, throw your net over the starboard side and you'll catch some. Jesus made a way for them. God always has a way through. He has a plan and he has a road for you to walk. 
there's no dead ends when it comes to following Jesus. He has a way through the valley, through the desert and through the wilderness. Uh, a couple of years ago, you would, you would recall if you were part of our church back then that Pastor Brian encouraged us Vision Sunday and across the whole year out of Isaiah 43 around um, God making roads through the wilderness and rivers through the wasteland. We say new roads and new rivers. Well, I want to say this morning and remind you that our God specializes in wildernesses and he specializes in wastelands. And so that might be how you would describe your business environment right now. For many of us, things have dried up and it feels a little like a wilderness and it feels a little like a wasteland. But good news, because that's God's specialty and that's where he, he knows where to work. There's no wilderness that he hasn't experienced before. And so the starboard side, the other side, the right side, the new side, there are new ways for you to do business that God will show you in these days. He will make a way. And I want to encourage you, keep your head up and your eyes open to the new ways of doing things, using the digital platforms, gathering in groups like this. When it comes to your business, maybe it's similar to what you did, but there'll be a new way to get a result in a season like this. God will give you creativity. He will, he, he's the, the, the source of creativity and he'll show you through it. I know in the GFC, it was a really tough season for our business and one of the um, one of the not up and to the right seasons, it was down and to the left, I can promise you. And we had to roll out redundancies and it, it, it was one of the toughest business seasons I've had to lead through. Um, and uh, this, it, this doesn't feel a whole lot different today. Um, and yet God provided ways. There was a maintenance contract that we didn't even tender for and somehow fell in our lap and it, it tied us over for two years and it didn't, it didn't change everything, but it kept us afloat. And then when that ended, because it was only two years we got to have that, God created another opportunity to be able to grow our business up into Queensland through relationships that we had up there. And that wasn't just revenue growth, it was profitability growth. And that really strengthened us and allowed us to build out of that GFC season. And um, are you, I just say that as testimony to you that God makes ways through tough seasons, seasons where the world might say, you can't get through this. You just have to throw your hands in the air and say, what will be, will be. It doesn't have to be like that with Jesus. When you're following him, he'll lead you through in Jesus' name. So keep your eyes open to the ways that he's making for you. Amen. Number five, be prepared to cast again. It's really easy in seasons like this to tire of casting. I wonder how many times the disciples cast their net that night over the side of the boat. And then Jesus has the almost the cheek to say, hey, throw it out the right-hand side. These are experienced fishermen. Unless your boat's tied up at a wharf, the right-hand side ain't any different to the left-hand side. It's the same ocean bed you're pulling fish from. And yet he had the cheek to say, hey, throw the net out the other side. Because here's the thing. It wasn't about what side of the boat they were casting the net out of. The difference between the left-hand side and the right-hand side is obedience. The difference between casting it out this side or that side or the way that you're doing it, it might look like you're doing it similar, but if God asks you to do it again, do it again, friend. Because if he's breathing on it and if his hand is on it and you're acting in obedience, there's a miracle on the other side of it. There's always is. God uses our obedience in powerful, powerful ways. And so uh, I want to encourage you. You know when you started your business, maybe some of you all those years ago or maybe just a few weeks ago, it wasn't the great idea that you had that God put his hand on. He actually put his hand on your heart posture, your heart toward him, your desire to build kingdom with it, your desire to play your part in what he was doing. When you build a kingdom business, God puts his hand on that heart, on your heart and your posture, not on the great idea. And so just because the great idea that you may have had and launched with isn't cutting it right now, I can promise you, cast again and be obedient with what God is asking you to do. And he'll make a way because his hand is on you because you're his child, not because of a great idea you had 20 years ago, 
Great ideas come and go, but God is faithful and he is steadfast and he stays the same. So be encouraged by that. And point number six, last one is this. Acknowledge the Lord in your circumstances. Verse seven, when uh, I, I, I love what it says. Um, it says, it's the Lord, John, John, the disciple who Jesus loved, which is only recorded in the, um, the gospels that he wrote, which I find quite humorous. But uh, he, he declared, it's the Lord. And he knew it. He knew it was God. And so I encourage you, look for God in your circumstances, big and small in these days. And when you see him, acknowledge him. Acknowledge his hand in, on your life. I'm so, um, like, God cares about the impact and the increase he's having on your life. And I, if, I, if I had to prove it to you, let me do it out of this passage of scripture. Um, the Bible could have stopped at saying um, that they caught a huge load of fish. It was more than the neck could hold and they pulled it in and it was an amazing testimony of God's provision. And yet there are a few words the Bible chose to, that God chose to insert in the Bible in that moment. And that's this, that there were exactly 153 fish, not 154, not 152. Why would the Bible record that? And even more than that, how did it record it? It meant one or more of the disciples sat there and counted them one by one. Fish number one, thank you, Jesus. Fish number two, thank you, Lord. 151, thank you, Jesus. 152, thank you, Lord. When God turns up in your, in your life, acknowledge the part that he has played. Acknowledge the increase that he has um, brought into your circumstances. And friend, keep tithing. Keep being faithful in that. Um, I, I love in this story that one of the first things Jesus asks of them, or the, the passage says there was already fish on the, on the charcoal. There was already bread ready to serve. And yet Jesus said, hey, bring some of that fish you just caught. Put it on this altar. Let's contribute together. God's still asking them to contribute of his provision, even in this moment. And I want to encourage you, keep leaning in, keep focusing on what God is asking you to do with the provision that he's provided. This is not a season to pull back. It's a season to push in because, God, because our best days are ahead. I believe it with all my heart. And uh, I know that God has a plan and a purpose for you and it doesn't stop in 2020. 2021 is already written, friend. And I know that it's good. And I know that there are great days ahead for you, for us, for our church and for the body of Christ at large. And so be encouraged. Our best days are ahead of us in Jesus' name. That was absolutely sensational, Kent. I think um, if, you, if you are able, there's a silent clap, but um, that was, I think it was impossible to sit and listen to that for the last 20 minutes or so and not be inspired, not be stirred in your faith. And I absolutely love the visuals. Like uh, some of the, just the way you brought those stories to life. Like I just had this picture of Jesus standing at dawn, watching his disciples endeavors and watching over, looking over their day. Like, I think that that'll be something that sticks with me um, forever. I think just that, that visual was so powerful. Um, mate, sensational. We've got a few minutes and want to make the most of it. We will finish on time at eight o'clock as we always, always endeavor to do. But, um, Pete Lowe, he had shot me a question for you, Kent. Pete, I might ask you if you don't mind unmuting and uh, let, let's hit Kent. All, all the really tricky questions that you didn't want to ask Andrew last week, hit, hit Kent this week. But Pete, why don't you start? Hey, thanks, Kent. And that faith was so inspiring. What, what have been some of the lessons in the past tough times that have um, helped shape uh, your, your, your view in the future now? So looking back with thankfulness and looking forward with confidence 
how have those tough times shaped you for today? Yeah, look, I think every time you walk through a valley or through a dry or tough season, your faith is stretched. And it became, our faith, it's like you've heard it before, I'm sure, but faith is like a muscle and it grows. And yet we start, we're given a portion of faith. Each man is given a measure, the Bible says. Um, but you can grow your measure and you can actually increase it over time. And I think the lessons of the, of the hardest seasons are when you actually have to have faith because you don't know if you've got faith. We don't need faith till you need faith. Uh, you don't know if you've got it till it's tested. Um, I was born into a Christian family and I'm thankful for it. Um, but part of that meant that I, that I, I just always believed God. Believed God. Um, and I, I, it wasn't until my belief in God was tested when life didn't go the way that I thought it would, when, um, yeah, he works all things together for good, but not the way that I always thought he would. Um, and you start to realize the gap between you and God's <laughs> bigger than you could ever imagine. <laughs> and you think, I, I understand God. I know how he works. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I just know that he's good and I know that I can, I know that he's trustworthy and I know, and I know that I can um, trust him with my, my life and the life of those I love. And hard times have taught me that hard times have taught me that God is faithful. Hard times have taught me that God's trustworthy. And so if this is your, if this is the biggest challenge of your life. Can I encourage you trust God because he is faithful. He is trustworthy. And, uh, and I promise you, if you hang on to that, that will be your testimony at the other side of this. Yeah, very cool. You you even mentioned Kent back uh, during the GFC, sort of 2008, how that was a really telling time. And I love how you told that that maintenance contract just just seemed to come out of nowhere and fall, fall in your lap. But look, you, you maybe sort of answered this question that I had just then, but you might be able to expand on it as well. But were there times maybe in that period where you were just ready to just transition out? You thought, I've got no... You know, I've got no answers. We're potentially letting go of staff. You've seen people's livelihoods go. Were there times that were, were there times like that? And if so, what was what was the sticking point? Like, how did you hold on? And what even caused you to hold on to the point of getting that miracle, that that maintenance contract that that came to you? Yeah, I think it was a bit like um, the second point that I touched on that um, God has a way of bringing you to the end of yourself or, or maybe not even God, life has a way of bringing you to the end of yourself. When, I, when you start your business, I know, how, I know how I did, you know, I was just so confident, so confident in myself. So, you know, and, and you need a sense of confidence. So, you know, us entrepreneurs, you back yourself. No one else has got it. Like, so back yourself and don't stop backing yourself. But I would say your, um, life will get you to a place where you realise yourself isn't enough. Um, and it doesn't matter how good you thought you were, um, but you, you're going to come to the end of yourself. Um, and yeah, in 2008, I did. I, got, I felt like, I'm, and I, I think I realized more than ever how weak I was. Um, with all the gifts that God had given me, and all the talents I might have had, and all the effort I'd put in, and all the diligence I'd applied, it wasn't enough. Um, and I learned to rest in God in those days that um, when he's weak, I actually can be strong. And that's when we become stronger than we ever could. Because you will never be as strong as when you realize how weak you are. Um, and actually start to lean on the strength of God. And that's, um, that, that's, what, um, that's what sustained me through those seasons, actually realising, you know, in tears on my bedroom floor, crying with my wife, going, I never thought I'd have to make someone redundant. I, I felt like a failure. I felt like that I should have been able to see this coming, that I should have been able to navigate through it. Um, and uh, and that, um, that wasn't true. Um, I wasn't a failure because of that. Um, it was a journey I had to walk and I had, and I learned that God can sustain me through those tough decisions. And I know there'd be people listening to this right now that have had to make decisions just like that. Maybe even in the last two weeks. 
And um, there's no failure in that. There's just gutsy decisions that have to be made. Um, and it involves people. And anyone that thinks that business people don't have hearts, <laughs> don't understand us. Wow, thank you, mate. Thanks for even just your vulnerability and everything. I appreciate it so much. I, I was just peppering notes this morning. There was so much gold in there, Kent. And, um, you know, you're someone I personally look up to a lot. So I'm, I'm also a businessman and a pastor. And I just want to thank you personally for, you know, for, for being such a great example, leading the way of what it looks like to serve God in, in, in business and in ministry, you, you know, kingdom first. I mean, even just seeing, so, you know, I made the comment before about the Medwin clan here and I absolutely love the med, you know, the whole, <laughs> anyone that I know that is a Medwin and just want to thank you guys for being in our world and uh, we greatly, greatly appreciate you. Um, just so everyone knows, because a couple of people have asked, we are going to pop this up on YouTube. We've got a Business Connect channel. We just thought for anyone that can't, can't make it, we will be popping it up. So it's as simple as just, I think Paul's just put in the link there, but even just, just YouTube search Business Connect Kent Medwin and in the next couple of hours, you'll be able to watch. Or I did see a couple of people jumped in even just a moment ago, so possibly Queenslanders that um, with the hour time change. So I apologise, guys, but um, you'll be able to watch that. I would really encourage you to do so. Um, we're going to gather again next week. Um, it's it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be you know really believing to just continue to put faith into you guys. And um, one more thing I would just say is tonight we're gathering as a church to pray 7 p.m. Uh, 6 p.m. <laughs> if you're if you're up north um, or much earlier if you're in Bali <laughs> I guess 4, 4 p.m. Um, but we're going to be gathering with Pastor Brian to pray. I'd really encourage everyone to get there to be part of that. I know Pastor Brian very much has our business people at the front of his mind and uh, and is you know let's gather together and really uh, your your participation even digitally it, it adds. You, not only will you receive, you know, you know, will you receive, but you will actually bring faith, bring an atmosphere that that is going to help us as a church and help our nation and the nations through this time. So, really encourage you to be part of that. Um, I might ask if it's okay, John Dwight, if you wouldn't mind um, unmuting and just praying for us as we all launch into the day. And yeah, just want to say thank you, guys. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we love you and look forward to staying connected. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible opportunity to be together, to share together, to come around your word and to hear from someone with godly experience, godly wisdom, and that's walked the walk. And so, Father, we just pray today amongst ourselves with various challenges, people that are thriving, people that are struggling, people that are laying off staff, people that are just adjusting, people that are seeing opportunities at an inopportune time. Father, I pray you'll open up the windows of heaven upon us. Father, I pray for your favour, your strength and your mercy to extend right across everyone in our business community, those that are here, those that are not. Father, let your blessing and favour be upon us, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. Thank you again, Ken. And thank you, everyone. God bless you guys.